بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد After discussing the laws in regards to the different types of people and how they earn their livelihood and in regards to condition of their piety, their taqwa the outer appearance the livelihood being totally halal or haram or tainted or 50% is halal, 50% is haram after discussing all these six categories of people the author says thereafter that after having mentioned the above we advise that one should seek a verdict from his heart Nabi Ali Salatu Salam mentioned istafti qalbak that ask your heart for a fatwa so your heart has to say and also Nabi Ali Salatu Salam mentioned al-ithu mahakabi sadrik that sin is that thing that rattles in the heart. Sin is that thing that rattles in the heart and you dislike others coming to know about what you are doing. For you there is a sin and a guna. Refrain, abstain, don't do it. You don't have to ask a mufti. Ask the heart, how do you feel right now? So ask the heart in regards to this type of income, what you're earning, how you're earning. Or somebody invites you also, then ask the heart, are you so decide is the heart settled or not? If one feels uneasy, he should never use that wealth. However, when acting on the verdict of your heart and choosing taqwa, today we hear commonly people say that is a fatwa, but adopt taqwa. So taqwa we find ulama ikram, the muftiyan ikram, they'll give the fatwa sometime based upon the level of their taqwa. So they'll give the fatwa. That as we find Nabi Ali salatu salam, he is... Sunnah, his way was, he always took the easier way out, the easier route. That person on his level of taqwa, yes, he will adopt it. And if I wish to follow him, I can follow him also. But I cannot enforce that on somebody else. That alim on his level now wishes to call out a certain alim, doesn't give me the right also to do it, I'm a layman. He's on that level. So if he wants to adopt taqwa on that level also, and he wishes now to brand somebody else as haram, that's his level of his taqwa. Other ulama ikram have to say is halal, based upon their proofs, etc. But I wish to follow the taqwa, that's my taqwa also. I cannot force my taqwa down somebody else's throat. That person who's act upon the fatwa, then he has a fatwa in front of him. Then he may follow it also. So if one feels uneasy, he should never use that wealth. However, when acting upon, or on the verdict of your heart and choosing taqwa, Ensure that the person concerned is not hurt or upset. That is your taqwa now. Any investigation which causes hurt to a Muslim is impermissible. Any investigation which causes hurt to a Muslim is impermissible. If there is a fear of causing any distress, then such taqwa is not permissible. Example, a Muslim person whose condition is unknown to you, presents a gift to you or invites you for meals. Due to your taqwa and your piety, you begin investigating the source of his wealth. There's no reason to. There's no, there's no genuine reason. But you begin to investigate in the source of his wealth. It is obvious that you will either ask him regarding it or inquire from others secretly. If you ask him directly, he will feel hurt. If you have to ask others and he comes to know about it, then besides causing him distress, you have entertained an evil thought of a Muslim brother that his wealth may be haram. And there is a fear of falling into backbiting in regards to him and false accusations, all of which are prohibited. 
So you should not act upon that type of taqwa where you cause harm to others, you'll hurt his heart. On such occasions, to please the heart of a Muslim brother is compulsory. He's given you a da'wat, it's compulsory to accept his da'wat. Without any second thought, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ate the food of his slave girl, Hazrat Barira radiallahu ta'ala anha, with a slave girl of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So she invited Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, she brought some food for him. So Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam immediately ate from there, although he knew she was a slave girl. Where she's going to earn money from? Because she's working for the master. So Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam ate from the food which Hazrat Barira radiallahu ta'ala anha presented to Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, which some Muslims had given to her as charity. I mean, no charity was haram for Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, but he didn't investigate it. He ate it, he didn't hurt the heart of there was no real reason now to investigate behind the scenes. He did not ask her about the wealth or the condition of the one who had given her the sadaqah. On the other hand, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam arrived in Madinatul Munawwara, he would inquire whether things presented to him were gifts or charity. There he inquired. He did so because charity was permissible for him and there was no fear of causing distress by asking sadaqah, by asking, by asking so. So he would ask. Sadqa and gifts have the same external form. People present somebody with sadqa or gifts, outwardly looks the same. You don't know what's in the what's the intention of the giver. The only difference lies in the intention of the giver and who it can be given to. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not delve into more than this. He did not investigate as to how and from where it was acquired. It was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's habit to accept the invitation of every Muslim. There is no record of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asking, where did you acquire your wealth from? Unnecessarily, he didn't ask. Yes, if there was a genuine need to ask, then he would ask. Occasionally, when there was a strong doubt, then only did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam investigate. So this is one point ulama ikram mentioned, we should not investigate unnecessarily. The next chapter is in regards to that the items in the marketplace whether it's predominantly halal or haram. Like in our zamana, our period of time, yes, we should be careful. Because there are so many outlets out there which are not halal. But they write they're halal friendly. We know what it means. doesn't mean it's halal. Sometimes there's pork being served over there. Sometimes there's sharab and wine and alcohol. Sometimes we go to outlets, now they are serving fish. But they say completely halal, so we take it to be face value. The fish is halal, but they have one section where they are selling alcohol. And we know to get the seasoning or the flavoring, they do put alcohol in there. So we should not now just pull wool over our eyes and think like everything is halal. Then we should investigate. We predominantly now we're living in a country where haram is prevalent. Like the example on given, one person in one of the provinces, and is a white owner, of a restaurant. Muslim person was passing through. And he sees a sign there outside the restaurant, the takeaway, a big halal sign, but written in Arabic, in the Arabic font. So to his mind now, this is a halal sign in the Arabic writing. So definitely now this is above board. But then too, he wanted to inquire. So he entered the outlet, and he asked for the owner, it is Afrikaner, he came to the front, how are you? Is your... Outlet is your restaurant takeaway halal. So he asked him, what is halal? He said, you have a big sign outside. Massive sign with the Arabic font also, written halal. 
He says, I saw the sign in Johannesburg and I liked how the design was. So I put it over here on my shop. And I thought it actually meant now halal for the Muslims, actually meant now piri piri. They're nice and tiku and it's hot. That's why I put it here. You see, it doesn't mean, by putting it there, doesn't make a food halal or sharia compliant. He said, now it makes sense to me. After I put on that sign, my Muslim clientele increased and doubled. But nobody asked. So therefore we should be careful. We know everywhere they're putting halal nowadays. And more than that also, my dear brothers, sometimes we find on the packaging version or kosher. So we get even more happy now that definitely if this is kosher, then the Jews are very careful. We trust the Jews more than the Muslims sometimes. The Muslim puts a sign there, we have doubt. But the Jew puts a sign there, then we are very satisfied. He puts a virgin also, then we feel genuine. This is checked properly. No, we should be even more careful now. Because we know they want to taint our iman. Once we, once we consume haram, then du'as are rejected. person goes to Kaaba Sharif also, goes to Ghilaf. But it's consume haram. And more than that, many people nowadays are going for Umrah and they will ask is the food halal there or they will not ask at all. And when they are informed by the local people staying there that you should be careful, they can't understand this. How can the food be haram over here? In the holy places. But we know how much haram is taking place also there. doesn't mean that it's a Mubarak place, everything is halal. The intermingling also taking place is haram. At one time, in the Baytullah, there were idols also. Idol worship was taking place absolutely haram. What doesn't mean it's a Mubarak place that everything is halal over there. They also should be careful. Sitting on the aeroplane also, we find the air steward is pouring the alcohol and is pouring something for you also. Contamination also is very high. But they also should be careful. Shouldn't turn a blind eye. We say, no, we heard in the masjid, don't ask for nothing. But you can see, is that right? So then you should be careful, you should investigate. Allah Ta'ala give us understanding.